Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. As we reflect on the season, what does success look like if you took wins and losses? And you put that to the side for a second. I did that, and it was really about the foundation that we built this year. Gordon with the pick. Bayless Jones keeps going all the way to the end zone. I know that we're in a healthier situation now than we were before, and we're excited about where we're going. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. This is another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast, live from Hallis Hall. I'm Kevin Powell, alongside Herb Howard. It's good to see you. Uh, First time uh, you've been on the pod since uh, the season ended. Uh, We'll get to, we just heard from Ryan Poles and DJ Moore. There's a lot to get to, but let's go back to the trade with Carolina. What were your initial thoughts with that deal? And first of all, it's always good to be with you, KP, but I thought uh, it made sense. Everybody understood that the Bears at some point were going to move down that board. How they were going to get there or, or whom they were going to find as a trade partner remained to be seen, but you knew the Carolina Panthers were one of the teams because they had some other things they could offer, whether you're talking about Brian Burns or you talk about DJ Moore. They ultimately settled on DJ Moore. They certainly needed help at the wide receiver position. He seemed to be a key piece to getting that trade done, so it made a lot of sense for the Bears. Now you just kind of trying to figure out, okay, what questions are they going to answer at nine, or will they move down again? Um, not a whole lot of questions have been answered at some of the key spots in terms of the first wave of free agency, and so it still leaves a lot um, of questions around that number nine pick or what they're going to do with it. So I thought the, tr- the trade made a lot of sense. They could continue to accumulate picks not only for this year, but for next year and going forward. So uh, I think it's a good move for the Bears. Now they just have to hit on what they do with it. Yeah, it was interesting, too, to hear Ryan Poles, who's in just his second year, kind of talk about the feeling out process and talking to teams about dealing that number one spot where it's a fine line right and he even just said that where uh you know he felt like he got a really good deal in carolina uh could he have gotten more he was asked that he says well you don't want to get greedy and then you fall short i mean dj moore was a huge piece of this obviously yeah. the, the receiver room here at hallis looks a whole lot better all it of does. a sudden than it, than it uh, did last season and definitely this time last year so um it was kind of interesting to hear him talk about the process of talking with teams. He says he talked with multiple teams. He says there were moments where he thought they were gaining some steam, and then it kind of fell through. But overall, I think everybody's pretty happy with this deal. Yeah, I think he's pretty happy with the deal. I think that he wanted to get it done sooner than later. I think he wanted to get it done ahead of free agency. And so I'm sure he did talk to a lot of teams. He had the coveted number one pick. I'm sure a lot of people were interested in it, trying to come up, get one of those potentially franchise-changing quarterbacks. The Bears obviously feel like they have theirs. And so uh, that 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 pick was obviously you know uh, up for the grabs if somebody wanted to come up and get it but you have to set your price at what you wanted and I think ultimately they settled on uh, a, a pretty good deal with the Panthers and again DJ Moore being a huge piece of that thing you talked about how he immediately elevates that wide receiver room they had to find themselves a number one target I think they're able to do that and I think that anytime you're able to improve a position group from the top down as opposed to you know so many times throughout Bears history you see him trying to improve a position group from the bottom up or oh, we got another guy that he could be the three or he could be the four to get his guy 
got to say, okay, he's going to be our one. And then you got Mooney and Claypool talking about two and three and, and so on. Um, I think that puts them in a good position. So uh, as long as they're able to capitalize on the draft capital that they got in return, it's going to pay dividends for the Bears, not only this year, but going forward. And, and they still clearly have a lot of holes and even polls. He kind of said, he's like, yeah, we might not be able to fill all of the weaknesses in one offseason. And I think a big um, question there was was offensive line. They did have the one signing of Nate Jones. He did say Cody Whitehair could factor into the center spot. I think there's a lot to, that could shake out uh, when it comes to the offensive line throughout the rest of the offseason. But Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. was a guy, uh, you know, a lot of bears fans were targeting thought would be ideal definitely a position you'd be willing to pay a premium for he goes to the Bengals. you look at the contract you're like well that looks like a fairly affordable contract sure. for a guy like orlando brown jr and polls just told us scheme definitely factored in yeah he was very matter of fact about it. he said something scheme like basically it seemed like he just didn't fit now whether that's just him saying that because the contract negotiations didn't work out or whatever but you gotta you gotta believe that he has as much information as anybody not inside that chief's building and so uh you know Chivesley chose to go a different way I asked him about Braxton Jones and he says they are still comfortable with Braxton Jones and he's going to be uh, right now they're starting left tackle he said we'll probably bring in some competition for him and they also are not close to the idea of moving guys around to find the best five and I took that to mean that perhaps you could see Braxton flip if they ultimately decide to get somebody else at the left tackle spot whether that's in the draft or whatever so uh, I think they, they they do like Braxton Jones in terms of the season that he had last year you get 17 starts out of a fifth round pick from Southern Utah he's got the long arms the traits that you want to see you know what he needs to work on in terms of getting stronger and anchoring and things like that I think he'll put that work in and so I think the Bears do genuinely like Braxton Jones and don't necessarily view that as a huge need so much as um, maybe a lot of people outside of this building view it but uh, still a lot of questions that they need to answer as they go into the second wave of free agency into the draft and then post-draft. And I realize, you know, fans, everybody wants to see full upgrade everywhere. <laughs> and they look, they need the upgrades. But, and as much as you want to protect Justin Fields, especially going into year three, which sure. I think is crucial, and we all want to learn a lot about Justin Fields because then you feel a whole lot better about potentially a new contract and that fifth year and all of that. But at the same time, if you can find in your future left tackle in a fifth round and give him opportunities so it's kind of that line where it's okay do we just kind of move ahead in the and, and sign a free agent and plug him into left tackle and let's protect Justin Fields or do you have enough trust in Braxton Jones to be that guy at left tackle let's give him another year and then if we found somebody that's huge if the Bears might have found their future left tackle in the fifth round and all of that so yes Orlando Brown Jr. Other options might have been out there, but I don't. I think I think what they saw out of Braxton Jones has kind of led Ryan Poles to being a little bit more patient when it comes sure. to that market. Yeah, I think they like his floor, right? I think you got a chance to yeah. see his floor, and I think at his floor, he's a 17-game starter for you at left tackle, and I think certainly he needs to get better. He understands that, but. If that's his floor, then you got a lot of room for growth there, right? And you like where he's at. And so I think that's really where Ryan Pose is. We know he and Ian Cunningham are offensive line guys, and so that's their area of expertise. They clearly like the kid. They've liked him since day one. They brought him in. They elevated him to the first team. Everybody's like, what's going on with Tevin Jenkins? And he just stayed there, right? They continue to bring in veteran competition for him. He stayed there throughout the season. And so uh, I, I genuinely think that they like him, and we'll see what type of competition that they bring in for him. But you got to continue to put pieces around Justin Fields as far as 
as answering all those questions. Everybody coming to this offseason, like, you got to answer this question and that question. And I don't think that people have been satisfied in terms of the big splashes that they've made. You talk about bringing in the linebackers, and that's fine. Nate Davis is fine, right? But I think that, you know, people wanted, you know, some bigger splashes in terms of, you know, left tackle, defensive tackle, those types of things. That hasn't happened yet. We'll see if that does happen. But the Bears are also going to be continuing to build this thing for the next two or three years, right? And I think the window is going to be open for at least that long. And so, uh, they got to keep that in mind going forward, too. They may just be – this year they aren't one piece away, right? They aren't one piece away. But going into next year, they very well may be one piece away. And so then you may say, okay, now everybody knows we just got to get this one offensive tackle or this one defensive tackle or whatever it may be. Um, this year there were a lot of questions to be answered, and it's just not realistic to think that he could have answered them, certainly not all in the first wave of free agency. Yeah, I don't think linebacker was the position we were all anticipating they no. would target. But I will say this, that – they brought in good players, period. So it might not have been the area we're going into this all, all this offseason. We were all like, and especially after moving on from Roquan. Sure. Tremaine Edmonds, though, when you hear Matt Eberflus describe the type of players he's looking for, is exactly what he's looking he's for. Tall, long, fast. The scouting report on Edmonds is great. He, his coverage skills is, huge, uh, is, is a big piece of his game. T.J. Edwards is a tackling machine, and we know how pumped he is to be back uh, playing for his hometown. So, yes, a little surprised. They, all, they, they came right out of the gate targeting linebackers, but as you said, this isn't a one-player-away thing. I, the way I kind of view it, it's like, all right, a little surprised, but at the end of the day, they brought in good football players, and that's what they need to keep doing. And if that's where they kind of saw this market right now, and it's like, it might not be our biggest area, but these are two really good players, especially Edmonds, who can be the leader of this defense for a long time. End of the day, they brought in good players. You can't be upset about that. Yeah, you can't have too many good football players. And KP, you were we were around here every day last year in that locker room. There just weren't enough good football players at any position. And so you just need to bring in good football players. I think the further you get away from the season, you kind of get this, you know, different perspective on what the team was. And there just weren't a lot of good elite level football players in that locker room anywhere last year. You got children into that last season. They had to bring in that makeshift yep. locker that they brought and just put in the middle of the locker room because they were just steady just bringing in new guys. Like, who are these people, right? And so they just needed an influx of talent at a lot of positions. And so I don't think you go wrong when you add players like TJ Edwards. You add players like Tremaine Edmonds. You add good football players to your team. The Bears need good football players on this team. And so whether they come at linebacker first, O-line, D-line, wherever they come in first, the Bears need more good football players. I think as fans, sometimes we can get a little bit you know, rose-colored glass and say, oh, we only need this. They need about 53 good football <laughs> players. No, I completely agree. And it's the reality of where they're at, where they're – and look, the, they have the picks next year too in that Carolina deal. That factors in. We all kind of knew this was a two-off-season type thing to really make them an, an elite con- contender, yeah. at least we think, especially if Fields continues to make progress. Um David Montgomery goes to Detroit. Look, I love the way – David Montgomery plays football. So does Ryan Poles. He even said that. Three years, $18 million, I think, was the deal mm-hmm. that goes to Detroit. All due respect to David Montgomery. This is nothing slighting him by any means. It's a running back. We know how front offices view running backs these days. I would have loved to see him stick around. Uh, and it's not like it was some crazy, hit, massive contract they couldn't sure. afford you got to have priorities, and I think Khalil Her- uh, Herbert can very much fill a big void there at the running back, back spot. He was very productive um, in the chances he got when he was on the field. So I'm I'm thinking it'll be Herbert, 
probably draft a running back at some point, bring somebody else in. They brought in Homer, too, who might get some carries, more of a special teams guy. What was your reaction to Montgomery going to Detroit, especially after hearing Ryan Poles in a season press conference where he was like, I love the dude, I would love to bring him back? I think both things can be true, right? I love David Montgomery, too, as a player, as a person. I think he's been everything that you've wanted from the player, from the person, from the teammate, locker room guy. He comes in. He knows what his deficiencies were. He continued to work on them. First, it was speed. He went out. He worked on his speed all offseason, said he had to relearn how to run, right? And he came back, and you can see the explosiveness. He wanted to work on his uh, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He worked on it. He got better at it. So he continued to do the things that you would want to see him do. At the end of the day, love him or not, it's about production, right? And I think that as productive as he is, you can replicate that production at a lesser price. And that's just the bottom line. It's not about whether or not I love the kid or not. I do love him, yeah. right? But I can replicate that production without paying $6 million or $4 million or $3 million. I don't have to right. do that. And so if I'm looking out for the best interest of, of the organization, I'm just not going to pay uh, six million when I can get similar production for six hundred thousand. I don't. I just don't need to do that. I found you in the third round. I found Khalil Herbert in what fourth or fifth round, yeah. right? I don't. I just don't have to do that. And so I think they'll they'll hit that draft again. They got Tristan Ebner who you know he's showed a couple things in terms of the trace that he has last year. I think he'll get some more opportunities as the spring and summer develops, and we'll see what happens for him in the next season. But I, I listen. Uh, Salute to Demo and the player that he is, and I think he'll be a good, productive player for the Detroit Lions, but it makes I understand completely why the Bears just weren't willing to do that with a running back right now. And I think they'll target a bigger back, too, you know, somebody with a little more size. Not that Montgomery wasn't big, and he did, you know, he was good in pass blocking mm-hmm. and, and things like that, but that's, that's an area where Herbert probably doesn't excel, but I think that's some they'll be able to find somebody uh, in that spot. All right, they, they currently have the ninth spot uh, in the in the draft, what do you think Ryan Poles does? Do you think he wants more picks? I kind of am leaning towards. Look, you started with the top overall pick after having all of those losses. As long as there's some, like probably stick in the top ten if you have that opportunity, you know. Yeah, I think that I'm with you. I think they still need to walk away with a really, really good football yeah. player. And so, uh, however far they drop down to nine now, wherever you're going to go, you still need to walk away with a really good football player. You can't just get all caught up in draft picks and future picks and just keep kicking the ball down the road a little bit. They still need an elite player that can add to the team this year out of this draft. And so, uh, whether now that's at a position where you're now probably going to look at offensive line or tackle, whatever it's going to be, they still need a player. And so, I think they. I would think they'd probably stay there, depending on you know whether or not they love that you know the cluster of clouds of players that we hear about. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he chose to to move down. We heard him today say you know they thought there were six or seven top-rated players in the draft. It's like, well, you thought there were six or seven, then you moved down to nine. So, like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. okay, so how many of those second player, second right. cluster of players do you think there are? And so uh, that leaves a little bit of room for him to come down, in my opinion. So we'll see what he does. I think he'll probably stay there. And I, at this point, I'm leaning probably towards offensive line. But, again, he may go best player available, right? You, listen, you got the cornerback out of Illinois. He did that in free, kind of did that in free agency. Did that in free agency. That's kind of what, what he's doing. I think he understands they, they aren't. Super Bowl contenders this year. They could be playoff contenders, right? They can be on the fringe of playoff contention this year, but I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. And so if you're not a Super Bowl contender to uh, leverage your future for one player here or there, either in free agency or the draft, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially if you have some other guys uh, rated higher, even if they don't, they play a position that doesn't seem to be an obvious need. Defensive line is a huge need. If Jalen Carter's there at nine, would you take him? 
I think I think him and Ryan Poles got a little backroom deal about him just continuing to slide down the board like, hey kid, just go, just go eat, you know, go eat, don't work out, you know, kind of jog through that bag drill, looking all crazy. I mean, he was almost like a consensus top pick, right? It'd be, other than a quarterback, he was it was him or Will Anderson. All of a sudden. And you know, with with what happened with the the in the courts and all of that, and the and um, and then he didn't get raving reviews at his pro day. Okay, um, if he's there at nine, I don't know, man. Listen, I think the value is is just going up. The, the further you go, the, the 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 more the value is. But I think that. Obviously, he's costing himself a lot of money right now, but that's going to be a good value for somebody. Somebody's going to take the kid, right? He's got that kind of talent. And so if you talk about a guy who has been in that top three draft pick conversation and now all of a sudden he's there for you at nine, I think you got to consider that, especially when you're talking about a guy who plays a key position on your defense and a huge need for you. And so I think you got to consider that. If they do move down and he continues to slide down the board, I think you got to consider it even more. And so uh, it's unfortunate that you know he's had the rough month that he's had with the off-the-field issues and then the less-than-ideal pro day but it could create a scenario for the bears or some team where they say hey we got this you know top five pick at you know middle of the first or whatever and so listen i I think he remains a possibility for the bears just depends on whether or not they took him off the board for the off the field and then the lack of discipline on the field because it shows a little bit of a lack of professionalism to say hey i know you're dealing with this thing off the field but to let your performance fall off like that to where you gain nine pounds and you show up at your pro day and you're out of shape and you're not ready to perform a little bit of a red flag there but the tape is what the tape is and the kid performed so we'll see what happens with him uh, and Brian Poles did say they will be bringing him here to Hallis Hall for you know conversations. They're allowed to bring I think it's 30, 30, 30 yeah. players to yeah. uh, up to the draft. So Jalen Carter at some point will be making a trip to Lake Forest, and I'm sure they'll have a much better uh, grasp of of what they're dealing with in a player and a person in Jalen Carter. Um, any other just last thoughts on free agency? Any guys that are pop up uh, that you think they should be targeting or anything like that, or any any draft uh, any guys that stick out that they could go uh, go for at nine? You know, I'm looking at the, the the tackles at the top of the board, right? You, you, you obviously got the homegrown kid here in, in Northwestern. Uh, you got uh, Ohio State, and then you got Georgia. So you got these three tackles that are kind of at the top. And if the Bears are looking that way, whether they view on those guys strictly as a left tackle, again, you heard Ryan Post talk about the flexibility and moving guys around to find the best five. I think those guys are probably uh, really in the conversation for the Bears right now. As far as for agency goes, I think it's 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 we're starting to get a clear picture for who Ryan Post is. Right, and I think that he's not so much going to always do the thing that you expect him to do. Yeah. He's going to, and unless you start to understand and accept who he is, then he, you, then you know what he's going to do. He's going to stick to his plan. He's not going to overspend. He's going to continue to add as many good football players as he can, and then. If, you know, through that lens, it's hard to predict what he's going to do. But I think that he will find some value in that second wave of free agency. I think he'll also continue to add to this roster post-draft, whether that's undrafted free agents, whether those are guys that get cut or waived at the end of training camp. I think he'll continue to add to this roster up until, you know, week one of the of the regular season. So I think that he'll do those things uh, to try and fill some of these holes. But make no mistake about it, the Bears are still going to go into the 2023 season with some questions unanswered at some key positions. They're just not ready 
ready to say, okay, we got all our positions answered. We are comfortable with all 22 starters. We feel elite at all those positions. That's just not the reality that they're in right now. And so uh, we'll see, you know, how many of those questions he's able to answer, free agency, draft, post-draft. But uh, I think, you know, realistically the Bears are still a year away before you can say they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Aren't you so happy, though, that the uh, are they going to trade Justin Fields narrative is over? Yes. Because it was getting out of control. I never believed they were even going to consider trading mm-hmm. Justin Fields. I mean, who could have watched Fields last year and be like, yeah, I'm ready to move on from that? Yeah. Like, like, what? Like, this is a dude you want to see at least another year, see what he's capable of in, in terms of taking another step in, in his in throwing the football. Uh, the national conversation around Fields and what the Bears might do, and look, I get it. It's people's jobs, and there's a lot of time to fill before the yeah. draft. <laughs> But I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. They were not going to trade Justin Fields. No, that that wasn't going to happen. I think that he's shown himself to be certainly competent enough to at least to continue to evaluate for another yeah. year. It's before, I mean, after this year is when they're going to have to make a decision on the fifth-year option and those types of things. And so I think you want to use this year to make sure you put enough around him to give him a full, accurate evaluation of is he the guy for sure, right? So you want to make sure he has a competent NFL line. You want to make sure he has a competent group of wide receivers to throw the ball to. And I think he does have that with the wide receivers now. We'll see how they continue to piece together this offensive line. And then you're able to accurately evaluate him in terms of, okay, he's not doesn't have this excuse of I'm learning a new system again. Same system, continuity, same OC, right? You got some familiar targets around. You bring in another, you know, top end type wide receiver. And so I think uh, he's in a position to where he should be able to continue to ascend as a football player, continue to excel and and leave no doubt that he's, you know, entering that elite tier of quarterbacks in the league. And so that's the expectation for for uh, Justin Fields, but I'm I'm with you. I'm just glad that the the <laughs> speculation period yes. is over. I view, I view that whole part like Super Bowl up until like the draft or free agency, like that speculation period gets on my nerve, and I, yeah. I kind of with I kind of stayed out of it this year. Like, I'm not I'm not doing this with y'all every day. I'm not doing 17 <laughs> right. mock drafts, and I'm not right. saying we're oh, gonna get this guy gonna talk. <laughs> we'll let Ryan Poles and his staff right. do their job, and then when they do what they do, we'll evaluate it. Right? Y'all go ahead and play the guessing game all year, but I was comfortable with Justin Fields at some point early last season, and I think the Bears were too. Yeah, when they made that trade with Carolina, I was like, all right, I like the deal, and also we can just stop talking about trading Justin Fields. Like we just got that out of the way. Let's get for free agency. Uh, then the draft. That's Herb Howard, covers the Bears for the Bigs, does a great job. I'm Kevin Powell. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast. Thank you for listening. This was episode 63 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>